I'm Jonathan Hirsch, and this is Arrivals. Stories of migration, transformation, and change. The program that explores what we do when what we've done is a thing of the past. I think most of us would like to believe that our culture is evolving, that the current generation has learned from the mistakes of the ones that have come before them, and that we are all moving, sometimes in fits and starts, but always forward toward a more just, a more inclusive, a more equitable society. But somewhere in the midst of this march forward are the stories of our own complicated lives. And for some, the most essential part of their identity remains misunderstood to most people. And today on the show, how one child taught their parent who they really were. My name is Marlo Mack, and I live in a fairly large urban area in the United States. I found out that I was pregnant with my first child uh, early in my pregnancy. I was thrilled to be pregnant. I had an ultrasound about halfway through my pregnancy and found out that I was going to be having a boy. And it's funny because up until that point, I was really convinced that I was going to have a girl. I don't know why, but I just said I, I even have a journal entry from my first trimester that said, I just know this is a girl. I just feel like there's a girl in me. And so I was surprised when the ultrasound text said, oh, yeah, that's definitely a boy. Before I was pregnant, I never really thought about what sex my child might be and I don't think I really cared um, I knew I really wanted to be a mom I was really excited about that uh, but whether it was a boy or a girl never really mattered to me um, the sense that I was having a girl was was kind of strange but um, I was equal, equally happy to find out that I was going to be having a boy you try a lot of things with your newborn to make them quiet and comfortable and you know, in a good position for nursing. And this little pink swaddling blanket ended up being just the thing. And so we had all of these adorable pictures of our baby in this little pink uh, burrito blanket. And they ended up being our favorite pictures. So that's what went on our announcement that we sent out to all of our family and friends. And it was a little unconventional, I think, to have a you know, a boy and a pink, and um, but those are still my very favorite pictures of my child as a baby. You know, I just I just fell in love with my beautiful child, and I remember putting my hands on my belly and just going, "This is this is the future." It was sort of like this deep biological evolutionary 
sense of, okay, I've done my bit, you know? This kid needs to survive, and I don't matter anymore. I can die. It's this, like, animal part of us. It's back in our animal brain. Okay, you've done your bit. You can die now. <laughs> Sounds kind of morbid. I didn't want to die. I still don't. But I, you know, I'm a mama bear now. Really, really, really. He's spoken complete sentences by age two. Just, you know, very, had a very early ability to express himself. Um, and um, started saying, I'm not wearing that, mommy. That is yucky. That is ugly. I'm wearing, I want to wear that. And that would be uh, something pink, invariably, uh, something pretty. Okay, that's test. me. <laughs> that's you. Why is that you? Why is that you? Because you're a princess, and I'm a fairy. I think we were at Target, and it was um, coming up on the holiday season, um, approaching age four. You know, at that time of year, the the clothes are, you know, this the girl aisle is just packed with the most extravagant, outrageous holiday dresses for little girls, and they're wonderful and they're horrifying. And and my child was just, you know, his eyes just got wide, and you know, just look at that, mommy. You know, I can I have that one? Can I have that one? And and you know they were real fancy so i was able to say well no those are too expensive but um i hated it i hated it that he asked for it and i hated it that i was saying no and i i just thought why why do i have to deny my child this but i just couldn't imagine my son going to christmas dinner at my parents house in a big frilly dress you know, I didn't know what my husband would think. Um, I mean, we were sort of on the same page. Like, when is this going to go away? You know, it shouldn't matter. But, you know, when is this kid going to just be a boy? You hear a lot about, you know, gay men who had... Um, childhoods in which they were labeled as effeminate and played with dolls and were we're not typical boys in terms of what we expect. And so, you know, it crossed my mind, well, maybe my son's gay. Of course that, you know, not every gay man is, is into, is, has that experience, but it's certainly a stereotype. And so I, I, um, I thought about that, but it never seemed like that was our story. It seems like if he was going to be gay, it would feel fun. And it didn't feel fun. It felt intense and serious. And this drive for all things related to girlhood. You know, it wasn't, it was like as soon as my child identified something as a girl thing, then he wanted it. Being a girl is really fun. 
Except when you have to comb your hair, it really hurts. I'll never forget when it hit home and it was never the same again. It was either right before or right after my child turned four. And we're coming home some dark rainy night from school or whatever. Dogs, the dog's barking for its dinner. We're all exhausted. I've got bags and laptops and purses and a kid on my arm. And all of a sudden, my child is pulling me, pulling on my hand, saying, Mommy, Mommy, Mama. Um, I, I think something went wrong in your tummy that made me come out as a boy instead of a girl. Put me back, put me back so that I can come out as a girl. And I, you know, I just got down on my knees and pulled my child into my arms and, and he's crying and I'm crying and, I, I just said, oh, you can be a girl, honey. It's going to be okay. You can be a girl. You can be a girl. Because I knew that this was the real thing. I knew, I mean, I, I didn't know what that was, and I was terrified, and I thought, God, how in, the, how in the world can I make this okay? I have no, I don't know what this is. I, how could this boy be a girl? I, I don't, how could this be? Um, I have no, I mean, I know this word transgender, but I don't know anybody like that. And all I know about it sounds weird and something I saw in Jerry Springer and not healthy and not okay. Not a life you would ever, not a viable life for a happy person. But I knew that this was coming straight out of my kid's core. And I just said, okay, I will help you be you. But I had no idea how I was gonna make that happen. And I was just absolutely terrified and totally alone. I mean, at this point, my um, husband and I had, had separated and we're, we were having a hard time communicating about much. So I was totally alone in this. I spent the next year trying to fix it. Um, I asked all the questions that come into, I think, anyone's mind when you hear this story, like, well, is it a phase? Um, is it just that, you know, we live in a world in which we give boys no latitude in terms of exploring femininity and pretty colors? Maybe, Maybe my son just thinks that he can only be who he is if he's a girl. And to me, that was a really big question. It was like, how can I show my child that he can be any kind of a boy he wants to be? And that gender is much more open and complicated. How do I show my child that? How do I make sure he knows that he can be the pinkest, prettiest boy in all the land and still be loved? And meanwhile, I, you know, went to the psychologists who specialize in this, got my kid checked out and they said, no, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with your child. Your child is absolutely healthy and well-adjusted and you seem to be handling the divorce well. We were getting all this counseling for all of us around that. So 
it was, you know, it was, you just may have a transgender child, honey. Like, let's say you, they thought you were a boy because you had a penis, but you felt like a girl. And so, um, let's, for example, a girl with a penis would be transgender person. Right around this time, um, a children's book came out that was called My Princess Boy. And it sounded like the answer to my prayers. It was about a little boy who sounded just like mine, who loved um, pink and princesses and fairies and tutus. And, and it was about how this child's parents accepted him and loved him and, and, and called him their princess boy. So I got a copy of the book and uh, I sat down with my child and read it. And at the end of this, after I read the book, my child grabbed it and threw it on the floor and said, I hate that book. And I said, why? And my child says, because I'm, you know, I like all that stuff, but I'm not a boy. I could tell that my child was giving up on me. Well, I just said, okay, um, you don't have to like the book. You don't have to be like that kid. Um, and we never read the book again. I stopped using pronouns entirely. And I stopped, I stopped saying my little boy because that really upset my child. And I would say my princess or my sweetheart, my angel, but never my boy. And I would avoid pronouns. If, you know, I needed a pronoun and my child was in the room, I would just use, uh, you know, his name. Um, but he didn't like that either. He wanted to be called Rainbow or a princess. If, if somebody keeps saying, saying, no, you're a girl, or no, you're a boy, don't give up. Just keep on convincing them. So it, we were in this horrible purgatory for months, this limbo of, you know, I could see that if I, if I called him boy or used his boy name, that he was just deflated. And um, I just felt like he was giving up. You know, he made his point. She'd made her point, and I wasn't listening. And she was just, she just sort of started ignoring me. I was worried that I was, I, you know, that my kid was slipping away, and I was really screwing up. So I, you know, I decided just to, just to make it, you know, this will be the moment. This will be the before and after. I'm going to ask him one more time. And I sat down with my kid and said, do you still want to be a girl? And she said, no, I still am a girl. And from that moment on, I said, okay, well, I'll call you, I'll, I'm going to say she and her with you, and, and you can have that girl name you want now, but it's not going to be Rainbow. <laughs> and it wasn't Rainbow. That, that's where I, I took a stand on Rainbow. She eventually uh, said, I want to be this, this name, and it was my sister's name. 
it was her aunt one of her beloved aunts and I said great you know it wasn't a name I'd ever considered for her it's it's her name now it's like I can't even imagine you know it's really weird to tell this story and use male pronouns and I and I, I cringe when I do it. I feel disloyal, but I, I don't know how else to, you know, I'm telling the story as if I was, you know, that's where I was then. You know, I perceived her as a boy at that point. But, you know, I think it's important to say that was never her experience. Sometimes I wonder where my, my son went. And it, it sounds like an absolutely insane thing to say, but I sometimes I, it's almost like there was this, um, there's a before and an after child. There's, there's not for her. It's all continuous for her. I mean, she sees pictures of herself as a baby dressed head to toe in blue, you know, um, looking for all the world like a little baby boy. And she'll say, oh, isn't she cute? You know, she, she sees the, she has this continuity of always having been a girl. Um, but my experience was even though I, I absolutely see, know that's true and, and respect that, um, my experience was that I had a son and then he went away and now I have a daughter. And that doesn't take away anything from the fact that, she, that I truly believe that this is who she is. My experience of having a young child who couldn't tell me was that I had a son and now he's gone. It's like a parallel universe. I almost feel like that boy is growing up somewhere on another planet. You know, I, I, the last thing I would want to do is, is be disloyal to my daughter or say I wish she weren't here because of course she's, she's perfection. I want her to be her self and I wouldn't change anything about her. It's a, it's a very strange experience for me that I don't know that I'll ever fully grasp. But it's a grief that is shared by many many parents of transgender children. I try really hard to provide her with as much of a happy-go-lucky childhood as I can. Uh, but there's just so much that I can't do. I can't undo the fact that she remembers that she was born and given a gender that she's never, never liked, that never fit. And she remembers that she had to fight to be the one she is now. She knows the people, even though I don't think she's ever been teased, she knows she might be. She's smart enough to have been, you know, she's been on the playground long enough in kindergarten and first grade to know that if you're different, you can be considered weird. You can be teased. And, and that maybe people won't want to be your friend. And that's hard to watch. But I'm also incredibly proud of her. She's, she's, she owns it. Um, she decides who knows. She's decided to be quite private about it and only tell her close friends. And she decides when she tells them and how she tells them. And I try and keep up and make sure that I talk to those kids' parents to make sure they're, they're on board and they understand and nothing goes awry. I have a lot of fear about how this is going to go as she moves up through elementary school. She may stay under the radar and not not be out or she may end up getting outed maybe her best friend will tell everybody you know I can't control that maybe we'll have to switch schools that certainly happens a lot for kids like mine we may have to do that I'll do whatever she needs 
but she's pretty tough. She's, she's proud of herself. She knows that she's transgender. She knows there's other cool kids who are transgender. Some of them are on television now. I think she's incredible. I don't, I don't know how she had the courage to, to get to this point. To say, mom, dad, world, I'm not who you think I am. <laughs> I'm in awe of my child. And yeah, I'm afraid about the future, but if that's what she did at four, she's gonna kick ass at 14 and 24 and 44. That's my prediction. But I might be a little biased because I kind of I kind of like her. <laughs> my favorite thing about being transgender is that I'm myself now. A very special thanks to Marlo Mack and most of all to her daughter for having the strength and the courage to be exactly who she is. You are my hero. This episode was produced in between two pillows and behind a busy bodega in the lovely East Williamsburg neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York by me, Jonathan Hirsch, along with Nora Lind and Marlo Mack. Together, with four other producers from across North America, Marlo and I are proud and founding members of The Herd, an audio collective of independent producers who have banded together to promote one another's work, share knowledge, resources, and sometimes, as with today's show, to collaborate. Marlo is the host of How to Be a Girl, which documents the raising of her transgender daughter with wit, wisdom, and heart. To learn more about her show and all the other Herd shows, go to our website, theherdradio.com. That's H-E-A-R-D radio.com. If you like what you've heard today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes and help us continue to produce sound-rich and heartful stories by telling your friends about what you've heard. We also host live events every other month in Brooklyn and beyond, as well as a microcast of outtakes, extended interviews, and more called En Route. All of this you can find on our website. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you or someone you know has a story of transformative change, email us. You can find our contact info and everything else mentioned here on our website, arrvls.com. I'm Jonathan Hirsch. Thank you for listening. And until we meet again. May you wind up where you need to be.